1: Curated and presented by Adam Hopkinson.
2: Hello and welcome to the LDTRT podcast, a podcast helping you see where industry leaders have started with a new direction and and done the right thing along the way. Today I'll be talking with Matt Longley and asking specifically about the journey to date and what have been the best and the worst things about it. Matt, I also want to hear about what you're setting your sights on now and what problem in the world you are getting ready to resolve and I'm kind of hoping for a particular transparency angle here. I'm Adam Hopkinson, the host of this podcast and the founder of LDTRT. Let's do the right thing. For those of you who don't know us, we're a specialist consultancy set to transform business by delivering best practice and excellence in the world of digital media. I have a couple of thanks to give straight off the bat. It's been a delight working with Radio Works to get this project running, and it wouldn't have happened without them, so thank you. And I also have to say thank you to James for the music. You've been a star. So, we have Matt Longley. You've made steps into new industries and more recently into more entrepreneurial business. It's great to have you here today, fella. I'm really looking forward to hearing about your journey.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
2: I've got a load of questions that are going to be coming and all sorts of different directions. But I guess the first one is, it, what prompted the move from, from networks? I mean, what, what, you were there for a while. What, what made you take the step? Um, first thing I think is
1: probably to say is that there's no, there's no sort of like, natural next step for anything it's it's um i think you have to really work work hard at it nothing comes sort of as a a natural next step and i think you have to work hard before the next step and afterwards almost immediately um and you kind of have to work hard to do the right thing for yourself um i think you've probably in your career had to sort of
2: fight to do the right thing at various times it's not doesn't always come easy we had a a really brilliant hyperactive (laughs) bouncy coffee um Last week, And I actually came away bouncing at the, you know, the excitement and the, the possibility of us working together at some point, which, you yeah. know, let, you, you heard it here first, that, that, <laughs> that, that might happen. I mean, we certainly owe Giles a beer if that does happen. But, you know, the, the idea that we, that we were talking about and your idea specifically, how long has that been in your head?
1: Uh, I think I kind of came out of that, that week early in 2018 going, I work in media that there feels like there's a a route to do the right thing here um but just doing things slightly differently um and eventually i settled on the idea that you can um, introduce clients to to media owners in a consultative way without the need for the big agency machine behind it um so yeah sort of a year and a half i was thinking about this before i sort of made the jump but um i start in that time i started speaking to startups about um their needs and it's you know, ob- obvious that they, they need help and guidance um, because they don't necessarily know what they are, what they need at this stage in their their company. But I think the last thing they need is that machine from an agency side telling them what they should be spending their money on. And especially when, in my experience over the last few years, I'm not entirely sure that the client's best interests are at heart. So I just think startups are at a very different stage in their marketing development, and I want to work with them to introduce them to a sort of media market in a flexible and, um, and more importantly, transparent way. Um, th- you know, at the end of the day, we're selling ads. It's not a complicated business. It shouldn't be a complicated business.
2: Um, clients it's a very simple <clears throat> proposition, isn't it? Really it really is. Put, we, put something between a, a brand and a consumer yep. and, and hopefully create a change in behavior or activity. But we create this really complicated ecosystem on top Hugely of it. Hugely complicated ecosystem. And we sell ads
1: Clients want to sell products yeah. and all we have to do is connect those those things together. Um, and I felt like there was there was always like myriad people out there of, of in media owner land who know their platform inside out better than anybody else. But on the agency side, we tend to shield clients from those media owners because we want to protect what's ours, I suppose, as in media, in inverted, comm- inverted commas, um, and prove our value to them and i just think that's crazy i i can't work out that it, i just think as soon as you start protecting information holding information to yourself you kind of lose people to advance we have to share stuff and and if um you know that the the sapiens book talks about the fact that if as if as a person um in in history we'd learnt something and not shared it we wouldn't we wouldn't develop we'd still be where we were and i think i mean me, media the industry has to do the same i think you have to share things transparency has to happen we have to share in order to move on if we don't do that we will sit here uh, stew on things and in 20 years time we'll look around us and wonder where it all went wrong and how we didn't do anything different so i think that's what it all comes down to it is just share 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 and don't protect what you have
2: absolutely And, and if you have confidence in what you are doing then sharing is a good thing to do right Yep brilliant 100 so, percent. so to that then what do you need to happen for you to back yourself to actually go out and deliver this in, in market um so already i've been hugely
1: lucky in um in being able to take the idea to mobster um mobster have shown a huge amount of metal to to take me on i suppose and um and they are a, a mobile data business they they work in mobile location um they're not a they haven't been up until now a sort of um media consultancy agency um but I've been really really lucky that they want to take me on and 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 try this um try this idea with them so I, I feel like I wasn't quite brave enough to go out and and do this on my own um and really just sort of step away from agencies um but they've allowed me the um the vehicle I suppose to 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 do that and to take the leap from agency side in terms of um in terms of going further, um, I just want to make it work for them um, and as much as possible and just work with as many startups as possible who really, you know, they, they really give a shit about their business um, and, yes. and yeah. care about it and not to say anything about previous clients I worked on because they all care about their job. It's just startup founders have a very sort of um, single thing in common and it's just a desire to change. And I think, They're they're not sort of sitting around hoping things remain the same as they always do. And and, um, that's the sort of people I want to work with. So I think you have to sort of put yourself out there, find a vehicle um, and just, yeah, back yourself and go with it.
2: So are you, are you like a um, an, are you being incubated by Mobster? Or are you a standalone business unit there? Uh, no, we're, I mean, it's, it's a separate business unit within Mobster. We, right. We're calling ourselves
1: Mobster Consult. Um, so I'm going out to clients um, as Mobster, talking about mobile location. Yep. And then when it comes to talking about the rest of their marketing plans, they show a lot of interest. And Absolutely. that's how we're sort of reaching clients at the moment. Fantastic. And it's going well? Yeah, it's going really, really well. So You've got far. a big smile on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you can hear that in yeah, your a voice. A huge, huge weight has lifted off my shoulder <laughs> in the last five months since joining them. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think hopefully it's, it's visible to see. It Obviously is, not on the radio. Yeah,
2: well, you know, <laughs> we can draw a mental
0: picture, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: I have to ask you. Right, so HM Revenue and Customs uh, to Media... Um, is not it, was not it, a natural Not a natural was it, it wasn't deliberate <laughs> then Or did you get tired Of people coming back from Because what I'm actually Pitching here is, is like customs man And you know That what, was exactly what, what it was yeah. Is that what it was Yeah So what What you to media Because they're, they're Completely different um, worlds, right?
1: Yeah yeah There's nothing uh, Nothing similar at all About being a customs officer to so working <laughs> in media Um I I left university and didn't know what I wanted to do. I did a degree in archaeology, which has no uh, practical benefits. You wanted to be Indiana Jones. Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, But I wasn't very good at it, so (laughs) (laughs) I had to find a job. Um, I joined customs um, because it was in Heathrow and I lived in Staines and it just was the place to go, I think. Um, And worked in detection for four years, uh, which was
2: sounds possibly
1: awesome. the most fun and the worst job at the same time um you could ever have but wow. um you know our job as in our team was to uh travel around the country following um intel and looking for um looking for drugs essentially um <laughs> okay and, so
2: there you are there's a parallel to media yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um i um but after 4 years uh, i applied for any job going to get out of out of the airport. Um, I think they they do this thing in cust- in customs and a lot of civil service um, shift jobs where they pay you a, um, a sort of a fifty percent of your salary on top of what you get to keep you in shift work. Um, and I looked around me and there were lots of guys who'd been there for thirty years and seemed to be trapped in a job. Um, and I didn't want to stay there forever, so um, I applied for about thirty jobs in the civil service and finally uh, got one in the marketing team uh, for revenue customers. So it was a complete, uh, accident. Ah, I see. In, so you
2: stayed, you stayed within the world, but just drifted into yep. a different department. Right. Got yep. it.
1: And there I met possibly, um, the best boss I've ever had. I was only there for a year and a half, but the queen, the queen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, she, um, completely and utterly changed my view on a career and, um, how you treat people. Um, and put a lot of effort into making me the best I could be at that job. Um, and they went out of their way to help me get another job in a completely different department, which um, it just seems bonkers, but it's something that I've taken forward in my career. And whenever I've ended up having people working on a team with me, um, I've always said almost day one, um, I hope I've always said to them, if you want to move on, please don't just go and get a job. I will help you find the next step. I want you to do the best work of your career here. And that means you're going to get better, which means you're
2: going to want to go potentially somewhere else. Um, Absolutely so, right. You're doing your job right as a manager if you're building up the skill sets yeah. and the capabilities for people to have to go and work
1: somewhere else. Exactly. And I don't. I mean, holding on to people in the same way as we were talking about holding on to information. You want you want people to go out there and and do amazing things, and they can't do it if they just stay on your team for years and years and years. Um, I think I saw uh, Raymond Blanc was on master chef in the sort of finals week and he was talking about the fact that he he felt his role at running the kitchen was to create the environment for people to develop into the best people they could be in terms of work um and while I would love to be Raymond Blanc um and be able to do things he does and that's kind of how I've always felt about building teams is just try and make that environment the best it can be for people
2: make it really hot and shouty yeah, <laughs> yeah, and
1: I speak in a funny French
2: accent. <laughs> <laughs> but you're quite right. I mean, I, 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 when we've been talking, I've been trying to draw a connection from revenue and customs into media, and pe- perhaps it is like a forensic look at where where the money goes. And I feel that that's where a problem arising in media at the moment. I mean, we heard about videology going into Chapter Eleven a couple of years mm. ago, and then within that, the revelation of a forty-seven million dollar rebate yeah. um, surfacing, which caused that Chapter Eleven um then we kind of we see that there's a problem there and then at the same time like the ANA report comes out and it's relatively toothless it's leading or alluding rather to um to a problem but not necessarily doing anything about it do you think then maybe going back to your your forensic kind of um origins that do we have the mechanics in place to actually do the right thing in media to get it right um
1: yes and no I think um Without trying to go too far into a metaphor, um, I think the individual bits of machinery are there. But I think that sometimes the machine doesn't work. And I think for, I don't know if it's actually the, the machine that's broken necessarily, but you, for a, for a machine to work, you need an operator and you need a mechanic. And all those things have got to work well together. And at the moment, I don't think they're working well together. And I think that's the point where the 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 way the where we've ended up is that clearly more has been written about this than we can talk about here over the last couple of years um but if everyone shares more and agencies and clients are more open with each other you might get to the point where things start working in harmony and that machine starts working again um but I really feel quite strongly about this there's been a lot of um a lot of stuff thrown at agencies over the last couple of years um, and a couple of clients have stood up and said, "No, we've got to do a better. You know, we've, we've got to behave better. Everybody's got to work better. And I think everyone's got to work better. Um, it, it has to be the responsibility of the client as well as the agency. I think if a client, and this is the same as in my experience, but well, if a client asks to look at your books, um, and you open the books for them, um, if they can see that you're not turning a profit on their business, I don't know how they can look you in the eye as an agency." And ask you to continue working on those commercial agreements. Absolutely agree. Um, and it's not, it's not the fair process, I suppose, to then go like, fine, unless you carry on, we're going to go to pitch. That's not the answer. And going to pitch is just going to extend the process again indeed and, and pitches get, are expensive It really expensive so
2: yeah so you have to pay for that as an agency that puts you in a lot of opportunity cost down there and actual physical cost to go and spend the money to deliver it yep to then move in a couple of years time you know that's got to be recouped somewhere exactly and i think saying you know
1: as a client that well you knew the deal when you signed up for this pitch it, that doesn't wash when you're effectively renegotiating the contract midway and without getting more money into the agency Um, I just think what will happen is that agencies will eventually go out of business because they can't keep lowering and lowering and lowering fees they can't keep lowering lowering prices it's not it's not sustainable I don't see how anyone anyone wins from that I think if a client needs to reduce their fees then the agency has to look at their output or has to be very honest about their revenue streams and agree a way that they can make the money back and they can recoup money. And I think if everyone was just very, very open about that, which is what we're being with startups, you, you would get you would be in a situation where you can kind of agree between you how are you going to make your money. And it might it won't be fees. On this mob to consult model, we don't take any fees from the startups at all. Um, whether we're planning or we've booked, it comes all from referral fees to the media owners and we're very very upfront about that and they have to the startup has to agree to that way of working before we can move on um, and I don't see any reason why that can't be the case with a traditional agency and, and client relationship and without that I, I don't
2: think it can work. I, I agree um, I, I think the agencies will pivot into a more consultative approach and you know going out of business I, I don't really see that happening I see a massive change in the way that they're doing business. But then it flags a question that you know, if, if Mobster are bringing you in to establish a new consultancy for them, do you see other operators doing it? Because it's great that you're doing that. It's great that they're doing that. It's, and I don't mean this in a rude way, but it's not a natural fit. So you've got a very clear product with Mobster and then you've got something that's slightly different mm. for you. Do you see a lot more businesses kind of incubating the likes of you to expand the solutions that they've got and start doing you know, the right thing on a broader scale?
1: Yeah, I think... Um 2 or 3 um people i know in the industry are also doing a very similar thing and there um there are smaller media owners who are sort of setting up a, an agency model within their um within their setup and that feels to me like um there must be opportunity there for that media owners are seeing um in order to sort of warrant going for that increment or alternative revenue stream
2: totally makes sense to me you know there's there's a lot of uh media that's booked direct between client and media owner yep so if, you, if you're a radio station and client comes to you and delivers you that then surely somebody's got to be looking at what can we do with the rest of their their comms because if they're going yep. direct to a poster company and to i don't know to an internet and whatever it might be then surely if you can start by understanding who their target audience really is then you've got an interesting place to go and then refine them somewhere else right yeah
1: exactly exactly that yeah And I think by going direct to the media owner with consultancy by a third party, you just eradicate the the transparency issue. The money is going direct from client to to media owner. It's not going through a third party. Mm -hmm. There's no opportunity for rebate or margins to be made. It's just, you know, a direct payment. You don't have to be transparent about that. It it,
2: it is what it is. So you get paid by the media owner? Yeah. Brilliant. Um,
1: Yeah. It seems to be working for us so far, yeah.
2: So there's, there's a, so the client pays the media owner, the media owner pays you and All everybody is completely yep. clear on what's going on. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. There's, there's something about getting paid for the work that you do, which is obviously very attractive when everybody goes to work in the first place, but to to allow you to be paid for the work you do in most industries, you need to have qualifications. Yeah. I can't imagine going to a lawyer for, for any reason and them not being properly qualified or a doctor or an architect mm. or whatever it might be. Do you think it's going to come to Media Land? Um, we work with big budgets.
1: We do. We do work with big budgets, and I think maybe there's. Um, I, I just think at the moment qualifications for marketing and media and creative are just too. Um, they're too sort of separate. They're, they're 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 all over the place, and I don't think there is one single thing you can do. You've got the IPA stuff. You've got this, the CIM stuff, and I'm. Um, I don't know. Like, it it might be that actually. It, you take media out of it and it, there's a qualification that people in the industry can do around um almost like quite boring but finance management and and um transparency and anti-bribery which is it, you know another issue in media it's difficult when you go out for lunch with people and is it before or after you've yeah. signed off a campaign and um you might to go for a fight with it should someone be a thank but, you rather yeah, than a please yeah. and
2: yeah yeah
1: um but in terms of qualifications i mean uh, th- throughout my career i've i don't think i've ever really um looked at qualifications as a as a proper indicator i think on the the government team we probably employed uh, over the four years there maybe 120 130 people um and i don't think i ever looked at what what degree they had um it's all about experience and i think some of the best people i've worked with over the last 5 years have been apprentices and apprenticeships can work so so well as long as they're managed and employed properly um in the company and actually sort of given a development plan um so I think, yeah, maybe there's a there's a call for a sort of centralised um, doing the right thing. Yeah, like an, an, I,
2: an IPA or, yeah. A, yeah. or a chartered institute of something qualification because, you know, the, you, you acquire the degree doesn't matter. And and the, the the intelligence does, and the ability to understand the process and and deliver on the solution does matter. But if you don't do that, then you'll be inheriting bad practice from the people that you're working yep. around, unless you are qualified to uh, something that you can stick on the wall and go, No, no I, I I can spend your yeah. two hundred million pounds <laughs> accurately. I'd like a client with £200 eye, million I just <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where the number came from, but yeah. it's, <laughs> that's now it's what probably I'm probably sort for. Of most of our problems out. <laughs> Look, you, you are now in mobster. You, you're as a um, an incubator in there. You're building a new business practice for a, a, a business to go out to market and, I don't know, sort of take advantage of the conversations that are going on in the world and to do the right thing for them. That's fantastic. Now, I, I see that the structure of work is going to change very quickly. I think that there are a lot of people who are quite hungry out there to go and back themselves and do the right thing. And if you can find that, that you can do it within a business that exists already, then fantastic. But actually maybe there's one step further that you just go out and do it on your own. When you look at the, the podcast and the people that I've, I've had on this, where everybody has done that to some degree or other, I see there's more of it coming. Do you? Yeah, I think
1: absolutely more of it coming. I, um, I the number of opportunities that um, have, presented themselves to me or that I'm aware of it just in the last few months is almost that th- there's almost too many opportunities to keep track on. And I don't mean just personal opportunities, it's just um, leads and, and routes to go after and um, opportunities for partnerships. The number of um, meetings and coffees I have with people where we're almost, there's no sort of client as such to talk about, but we know that when the opportunity does come up, we're, we're laying the groundwork now for Um, for future opportunities and um, one of the best boss I've ever had at at Visium um, he said if you're going to go into any meeting just come out learning one thing just it doesn't matter whether whether you say anything in the meeting if you've got nothing to add and you think you've got nothing to add just just take one take out from it and if you keep doing that and over the over your time you're going to just keep accumulating knowledge accumulate experience and that just all goes towards laying the groundwork for, for success. And I think I've never I've never really planned the next step in my career. I've never planned the next job. But I have laid the groundwork so that when that opportunity comes up, you are ready, or you think you're ready at least.
2: Well, yeah, you are ready, but you, you've also backed yourself and, and called it because you've got clients that are working with you now, right? Yeah. So what's the best thing that you've learned about you on the way?
1: Uh, just to back yourself, I think. Um, nothing. I've, well, I feel like I've had a very privileged upbringing and and um, life so far. Um, there's been plenty of, of shit along the way, <laughs> but um, but that all gets you to where just, you are right now. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. Okay. I think that's you've just got to back yourself and and don't wish you changed something or wish you had done something different because you made those decisions. And I think you can get very um, not being twee about you know things happen for a reason but I think you can live to that um, that mantra without being sort of out there and hippie uh, and, and believing in fate. So I think you can you can make things happen for yourself by the fact that things, things happen for a reason um, if, you, if you learn from everything that happens then it has happened for a reason and you can take that and you can move on and um, eventually when you're doing your own thing do the right thing and that's what this is all about Thank you, Matt. Thank you very, very much for having
2: me. been, uh, abso- been a good, good abso- fun. Abso- absolute pleasure. It's, um, yeah, watch this space. Something's going to happen, yeah, right? I'm sure it will, yeah. <laughs> 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 Cheers.
1: To hear more, subscribe to the show and why not leave us a nice review while you're there as it helps others find us. Let's Do The Right Thing was devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson and was a Maple Street Creative production.